Today's lesson is from Job chapter 2. Now when Job's three friends heard of all these troubles that had come upon Job, each of them set out from his home. Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuite, and Zophar the Namanthite. They met together to go and console and comfort him. When they saw him from a distance, they did not recognize him, and they raised their voices and wept aloud. They tore their robes and threw dust in the air upon their heads. They sat with him on the ground seven days and seven nights, and no one spoke a word to him, for they saw that his suffering was very great. Word of God, word of life. Thanks, Jenny. Let's pray. God, we pray that your spirit will speak, that it will come into our hearts, remind us that you are with us, form us as community, and give us the eyes to see and the ears to listen, that your love is made known as we come close to each other. Spirit of God, speak now. Amen. Recently, someone I care about went through a major health crisis in her family. And in a moment, there was news of a meal train so people could sign up to deliver daily dinners. And once it was released, it took just hours. And there was dinners planned for months. And detail by detail, all that this family could ask for was being attended to. It was like scaffolding of human kindness being constructed through each act of care, helping them stay upright as their lives kind of crashed down. It was incredible. And still, I wondered, what about the ache in their hearts that food cannot nourish? What about the shock of all that has happened that a task done in love could not erase? I saw a social media post recently and it said, when someone special dies, there's a deep disconnection from the universe. From the exact moment you were told that your loved one has died, there's a systemic, a seismic shift in your soul that you feel for the rest of your life. How does one tend to a seismic shift in a soul? As I mentioned, the question we are asking today is what do you need? That's a hard question to answer. We know how in an instant to attend to the needs of others. And often we think we know what people need, but do we really? And then when we ask this question of ourselves, it gets vulnerable 
to say out loud, there's actually something that you do need. You can't do it all on your own. You have to admit that. But what about the times when words fail? When we cannot even express a need because the hurt is so great. We just get a few verses today. It's a little snippet from the book of Job in the Old Testament. It's part of a much longer story detailing the undeserved suffering of Job, a righteous man. In a breath, Job lost his wealth, his children, his reputation and health. He lost every reason to hope and every reason to live. And somehow the people around him think that he must have done something to deserve all this. And his friends, who are not so helpful in the entirety of this story, do something really profound in this moment. The three friends raised their voices and wept aloud. They tore their robes and threw dust in the air upon their heads. And they sat with Job on the ground for seven days and seven nights. And no one spoke a word to him, for they saw that his suffering was very great. The friends came, and they see, and they realize there's no way that they can make this situation any easier. So they sat with him, and they said nothing. When was the last time you sat with someone and you said nothing? You see, it's uncomfortable because we have this drive inside us to fill empty spaces, to fix and to help and to satisfy a need. Do you know that feeling when you're on Zoom with only one other person and you're waiting for other people to join? It's so awkward. Or try being in an elevator with someone you don't know. There's no place to look other than the lit buttons on the panel. It's awkward, so uncomfortable to sit in silence with someone without doing a thing. I preached this same story in 2015 after I had officiated a Lutheran Jewish wedding with a rabbi. And it was such a joy to get to know her. And she reminded me then of the Jewish tradition called sitting Shiva. Shiva is the Hebrew word for the number seven has a lot of meaning in the Bible. It was seven days that Jacob mourned when he thought his son Joseph had died. We know seven as the cycle of creation. And in the Jewish faith, after a spouse or a child or a sibling or a parent or any other significant relationship, when someone dies, 
people come to be with that family for seven days. They simply come day after day to be present in the suffering. Oftentimes when you come into the house, the frames are tilted a little bit or the cushions are overturned to represent the overturning of someone's life. They're off key. They're not right because of their grief. And people come and they don't stand. They often come and they sit on boxes or they sit on stools or they sit on the floor and they simply come to be close, to be present not with scripted words, but just with their bodies to honor and care for the person and the family. Can you just sit with someone and say nothing? Can we be with someone in solidarity simply to see their suffering and pain? The most profound part of this small story is is that the friends saw that Job's suffering was great. That was first. They didn't hear about it. They didn't rush to conclusions. They didn't come with a reason to explain it away. They saw because they showed up. And they couldn't fix it. They simply experienced with Job how deep the pain was, and then they stayed there. The sense of presence is painfully slow and unproductive. To see someone suffering means that you come close and you sit low simply to be with them. There are so many things we want to accomplish in life. We have packed calendars and full agendas. We have visions and strategic priorities. This is all well, and hopefully it's fulfilling. But maybe the call also is simply to show up, to listen and love without words, to see the view from where someone else is located. This will not only happen in a church building, it's just as holy as it happens on street counters or street corners and coffee counters and hospital rooms, in places of work and homes. This is how hope and solidarity is transmitted. It's person by person. God isn't even mentioned in our story today. The book of Job is a story about a crisis of faith in the midst of suffering, the lingering question of why bad things happen in this life. It's not ours as humans to hold the answers or to explain it away. But miraculously, God entrusts and calls and empowers us to be the presence of the holy 
in other people, to honor their experience and simply to see them, to be a presence with them while they wait. You know, we're not that far from Advent right now, where God's entrance into the world is very slow and quiet. Jesus comes person by person, encounter by encounter. A promise is made and spoken without proof to support it. And faith is passed along and miraculously nurtured person by person and step by step. The rest of the world moves on with their dailiness as God enters quietly. But God is here in all situations, even when we think that we're completely alone. And so when we search for the divine in this story and in our own lives and in all the broken, empty places of this world, may it be found, it will be found in the suffering in the lives of others. For us to be present to the seismic shifts of the souls in each other. So when we look for God, don't look up. Sit down. Amen.